welcome to Parenting Matters. This is Parenting Matters, where we talk about Parenting Matters. Why? Because Parenting Matters. And I'll tell you what else matters. Tanya's not going to give me a hard time about saying Parenting Matters a thousand times this week because she's not here. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers go out to her. She's a little under the weather right now. Uh, So I have brought in, um, before you click off because you're thinking it's just going to be Seth the whole time, I have brought in an expert in parenting, a a, a seasoned (laughs) veteran, a... He hasn't made it to grandparenting stage yet, but I feel like it's close. It uh, could be. It could be. And this is uh, Pastor Steve Ray. Uh, he, We do other podcasts together, Live at Lunch specifically. If you haven't checked it out Live at Lunch, it's very funny and it's wonderful. Although I'm usually behind the scenes on that one. But so. he Just has a huge part in to. it. Yeah, but he's, he's been on it a couple of times. Uh, but I invited him here today. He has two kids that are all grown up. Uh, two of both of them have like jobs and stuff. You successfully yeah, they're a, they're launched them out of school. One's married, the other one adulting. probably never married. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a he's a music guy. Those, those guys don't <laughs> settle down. Uh, but yeah, so welcome, Pastor Steve. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Seth. Yeah, this is this will be a fun little conversation. We'll talk about just anything that might come up. Uh, if if. Producer Steve, Pastor Steve sneezes. That's part of the fun, too. I'm trying to hold one back. I'll edit it back out, but probably because it'll blow out our <laughs> speakers. But if he does sneeze, you'll notice there's a jump cut. Or maybe you won't. Uh, so, how's your week going? It's Wednesday. How's your week? It's, you know, we're trying to get back into the rhythm after snowpocalypse yeah, man. here in... I, th- Texas. I didn't realize that there was a name on a snowstorm, but there was uh, Yuri was U R I. Yeah, I had heard name. that I'd, too. I keep seeing it, and I'm like, "That's nobody talked about that." We've we've named it Snowpocalypse. So apparently, there have been a lot of other storms if they're at you. If they're at you, but we just certainly not in Southeast Texas. That's right. We don't get to enjoy them. I didn't. Most like most like most people don't notice hurricanes unless they're mad monsters yeah. that hit the United States. That's I guess true. we don't notice the snowstorms that come yeah, through. Yeah, we got into the deltas yeah, or the uh, Greek. Didn't they get into the Greek names was, because they all, got all the way through the 26 letters of our right. alphabet? So for those of you that are in Switzerland or other places around the world <laughs> that don't have any idea what we're talking about, the United States has some weird, just like I'm sure you do also, uh, wherever you are, we have hurricanes and snowstorms. We have a through. hurricane season. That's right. And it blows into the Gulf at least five or six a year, and sometimes, like this year, yeah, 20. We just kind of sit and watch the radar and see all of these systems forming out in the Atlantic and in the Gulf. Usually they form in the Atlantic and they come into the Gulf. That's right. And then Mexico. they get bigger because it's hot in the Gulf. And Mexico. then we're like, okay, what's the prediction? Where is, is it, it going? going Where is it head? Is it going to, to uh, New Orleans? Is it going yeah. to Houston? Is it going down further? Further south, this year a Mexico. lot of them hit. A lot of them hit New Orleans, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough one for them. Uh, Lake Charles got nailed a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it was I don't know even what even makes it go there, but yeah, even parts of of far east Texas near yeah. the Louisiana border got Beaumont, pretty. Yeah. They got nailed hammered. a couple times. So if you don't know what those are, you should experience one or two. Uh, come to Texas. We'll show you how to prepare for yeah. uh, hurricanes. We're really good at preparing for hurricanes, but snow, Mm-mm. not at all. No. We, okay, so I've been alive for 41 years now, and I've never been in single digits in my life no. in Texas. No. Steve's skosh older than me, and he's shaking his head. We, I mean, I'm, I'm a little further north, you know, grew up in the 
Dallas Fort Worth area and we had snow on occasion mm-hmm. but nothing mm-hmm. nothing like we saw last week and here's the other part and this is for those of you that are our northern friends that are listening and you're thinking well you know we have snow all the time and it's cold and it's perfectly fine you're right <laughs> you're way better than us because you're prepared for it you live however, in it ever for some reason we also lost power for an extended period of yeah. time uh, producer Steve, I don't think did because he lives in a home. No, 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 no. We did. We we, we had about for... twenty hours. Oh, okay, so you were out for. Okay, so that means everybody was twenty four yeah. hours was kind of the minimum. Everybody was out, and then we just things started coming back. We online. just have really good insulation. We live in an apartment, so we only have one side, one wall with windows. Mm-hmm. So we never got below sixty four <clears throat> in wow. a in a fourteen hour blackout. Period. We got down to 41 upstairs. Mm-mm. It was 41 upstairs. It was 44 downstairs Mm-mm. when the power came back on. That was chilly. And I live in like a house, not like a, I mean, I, and if you lived in a trailer where you did, you had air coming underneath, I, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you survived. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Uh, we know but, how to talk about the weather, don't we? Well, that's the, <laughs> so here's the beauty. So this is where this, the magic of this podcast happens is that we transition to oh. different things based on what we're talking about. Right. So. My thought is, my thought is like, how do you prepare your kids for these emergencies? Because you have in my life, right? I had five kids running around my house. Kids is a relative Mm -hmm. term. I have three teenagers and two kids. Uh, But one of the things I quickly noticed is they pick up on whatever you're doing as a parent. Right. And so my wife, you know, we kept just, it was just, it became a routine to go, oh my gosh, I can't believe we still don't have power. Oh, I'm so cold. I it was a lot of negativity. And then you started seeing their attitude drop. And, mm. and so one of the things I finally had to say was, hey, let's just, we can't do anything about this. Right. So let's, let's see what we can do. Right. And so we opened up some windows, which I don't know if you're supposed to, because again, I'm from Texas. I think that's bad. But I opened up, not open the windows, but like let the light in. Oh. The light, I opened the blinds. That's way different, I guess. <laughs> yes. I opened the definitely. blinds. <laughs> I didn't just say, let's bring it on, like, Storm. Let's see what you Hey, do. 44 is not low enough. Let's not open the enough. windows. I'm going to kill all my snakes. Uh, no. So, which they all survived, by the way. Thank you for any of those. I was going to say, those guys they are all made it. Warm blooded creatures. That is not they? the same for a lot of my friends. Uh, they're cold blooded. And cold blooded. So whatever temperature it was in the house that's what temperature they are right now if Ooh. a human got down to 41 they perish they were very sluggish they were then. they well what we did was we kept them all we did not open we did not mess with we just let them slowly cool off and what i've learned is if you will not mess with them and or they don't have to exert themselves they actually can go into a state of kind of like hibernation sort yeah, yeah. and so i think that's what i I lowered them down slow and I brought them back to heat slow and I didn't mess with them for a long time and they were all fine. Now, a lot of my friends, that was not the case for them. They lost a lot of, anyway, it doesn't matter. We were talking about the emergency. (laughs) That's for a whole other podcast on reptiles. (laughs) I haven't made that yet, but maybe I will. Anyway, the emergency situation, when we started, when we opened the blinds and we said, Hey, let's, we're going to play some cards. Let's play some cards. And we made hours where, we just passed the time, and even though the temperatures were constantly dropping, it worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, the kids didn't have anything else to do because cell phones weren't working very well, so they couldn't even watch Netflix right. on their or whatever. Uh, so they were around. We played a lot of cards. We we talked. We walked around. We looked around. We there's just yeah. It was a lot of discussions. I think that's the way to go, right? But what would you do? Do you remember you went through some hurricanes with your kids? Yeah. 
I mean, Hurricane Ike, certainly your kids were still living at home during yeah. Hurricane Ike, which yeah, was I'm, 13 I'm years remembering, ago. as a matter of fact, I, I have a picture floating around somewhere on social media, Facebook or somewhere of us all sitting at our kitchen table playing phase 10 mm-hmm. card game. Which or, can take you all day. Or something uh, because we had no power mm-hmm. um, and cooking on my camping stove yeah. on the... Which is fine if you do it properly and don't kill yourself. Yeah, because we were we were all electric mm-hmm. um, in that house when we lived there. Um, but honestly, you know, Holly and I said, and during this storm, that we were grateful we didn't have small children at at home with mm-hmm. us. But you you do what you have to do. You do. You just... I kept Zoe in. So my again, so my goal was to just slowly cool off as as little as possible. And so, despite my earlier comment about opening windows, (laughs) when I woke up that morning, the first thing I said was, we are going to have to fight Zoe all day long to keep her from going outside. Yeah. And just until we couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And so for about five or six hours, we were able to just have her stare out the window and go, can I please go play in that? Like, sweetheart, you're going to get out there. And you're going to get cold, and in five minutes, you're going to want to come back in, and you're going to say, I want to warm up. And we're going to say, we've well, got no, no way. way to warm you up. Plus, you're going to be wet. There's no water right now. Yeah. I mean, we lost everything right like, within the same amount of time. Wow. And so we, for about five hours, we were able to keep her out. So at 11 o'clock, she wore us down. The neighbor kids came out. Oh, no. And so we're like, all right, listen, here's the deal. You can go outside, but you're there's no coming in and out. When you come back in... You're We're in. in for a while. So she went out for about five minutes, got really wet, played uh, in the snow, and then she was at the door again, shivering. Let her back in, and it was a quick, like, open the door, bring her in, throw, shut the door. And then as the day kind of went on, kids were outside again, so we let her go back outside, and then my other one went outside with them. I don't think the teenagers ever went outside. I never went outside. <laughs> I was in charge of the doors. I would basically lock them outside, and when they were ready to come in, I would yell through the window, you better go get your sister, Yeah, because there's only a one opening coming here. Yeah. And so anyway, it was fine. They, I, It'll be a time they remember, yeah. is they got to play in the snow. We've never seen snow like that. They'll remember how cold they were. We all, the younger ones, we piled up downstairs. We made a big pallet, and the four of us all slept right in oh, the wow. same area to kind of try to stay warm. The teenagers are ridiculous they went upstairs and slept in their own beds and and we were we were plenty warm downstairs with the four of us under one pallet hmm. and then the the power came on at 2 30 and we immediately popped up pulled everybody up we made a pallet <laughs> up in our room because it was we knew it was going to get warm upstairs way faster and it and we slept the rest of the night with power it was so it wasn't terrible but it was yeah. anyway it was just part of bringing everybody together yeah, they, i and mean trying not to tear everybody down and they are they are memory making moments. Even at the time, as parents, we're going, "Oh my gosh, I hate this. This is terrible. I can't believe this." But you do what you have to do. You, do you literally you do. nobody just shuts down because no. you've got to take care I mean, of you people, can, little people. But you and I think there's a lot of people that that did. But I think the key to being successful during those times as a parent is not right. Don't yeah. let your kids know that you're frustrated. But don't let that be the thing that that spills over to them. Right. You know, be honest, uh, open, and vulnerable to them. But also, be somebody has to, to say, remain sane. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> here's what we're doing. And because let me tell you something, I had to flush toilets for seven people. <laughs> I don't know how I got that job, but that's gross. And I'll say this: I'm not a huge fan of 
doing that anymore. <laughs> and I appreciate water way more now. Every time I flush the toilet, I'm like, oh, thank you. That was one thing we never lost. Well, I don't want to say oh, we never man. lost. We didn't lose it until the end of the week when they were repairing a busted pipe in our leasing office mm, okay. and they had to shut off water. Even then we still had a trickle of water out the sink. Four days. No, thank you. Four days. I flushed toilets, but well, I was thankfully. prepared. I had, I had 10 gallons of water on hand. I had a hundred gallons of water and I didn't quite have enough. Hundred. Well, Cause I have, I have fish. And so I have a big, huge oh, 300 gallon bin in my garage that I keep for water changes. And now the problem was I was super sick leading up to the snow apocalypse. My wife and I spent three days in bed. Oh, man. We could not get out of bed. I don't know if it was COVID. Rainy tested positive or negative. So we're just going to say we, were, we had the flu. But we, it was horrible. Sunday After wow. church on Sunday, I was so smoked. I just couldn't do, I knew it was going to get cold. And I knew I needed to fill that water thing up. And I knew just to be prepared. And I didn't get to do any of that stuff. But I did have 100 gallons in there from the, a previous water change. Yeah. And that made us for four days. Wow. Yeah. I was, it was kind of like a. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a. Not everybody can do that, but. No, but if you have fish tanks, you. Yeah. You I have it. Definitely it was wonderful. Uh, so anyway, that, that was my, that was my process. And 100 gallons is a lot of water. Yeah. Now uh, we would. That 10 gallons certainly is not going to take us anywhere for flushing bathing mm -hmm. washing dishes it was purely for drinking yeah i had it was purely I had, for i had that water so i have a it's a food grade container yeah so i'm able to i was able to pull some out for for cooking and i was able to pull some out for uh for doing dishes that's amazing that's it worked out okay you were in the yeah minority of, I, I was because i and again that, that's, I that's the problem you. that's why i'm so I was so prepared. I was so angry with myself that I didn't just get up and stand for 10 minutes and fill the water up yeah. before all it went out. Cause it was out for a long time and it was so gross. I, had, <laughs> I went back to my India days where I had, I didn't shower for five days. And oh I remember God. that feeling like it's not the same if you're not on the side of a mountain in Darjeeling, it's you're sitting in your home freezing. It's kind of greasy. Uh, but so, uh, you know, hurricanes are different for me. Anyway, the couple of hurricanes that we've gone through, there's stuff to do. Right, yeah. like the first Hurricane Ike, when my son was probably five or six, we were able to go outside. I mean, I had trees down all over the place, so we we spent days cleaning up the yard. That's yep. always fun too. Again, yep. you you kind of band together. This one was a little bit different because you there wasn't anything to do really. Yeah, I mean, when the water came back on and everybody's pipes exploded, that's when we started doing some th things for our neighbors. We started right. walking around. I have a couple older neighbors on the other side of the street. So I made sure they had plenty of water. I helped them with anything that they had as far as leaks and stuff like that. Um, but really, you know, I, I'm not experienced enough to get out on the roads and I'm a little too scared to get out on frozen roads. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wasn't part of that crew that was out doing things. Plus I'm not a great plumber. I can do, I trust it for my own, but emergency plumbing, I leave that to the experts because <laughs> that's one of those things. It's one thing when you muck a house out, out out of a hurricane. Yeah, you can do a little bit of damage, but ultimately that thing was underwater. Right, it's it needed to come out anyway. Plumbing, it can make it look like it's really good, and the next thing you know, their whole house is flooded because of the thing that you repaired. <laughs> yeah, I I'd feel bad about that. So anyway, uh, but Let, I think that's part of it is getting your kids involved. Yeah. with whatever the emergency is. Yeah, and teaching them. You know, hey, this isn't the end of the world. We can do certain things. Yeah. 
and have them be involved. I several times I had to get my son downstairs and say, Hey, listen, I need you to come watch this. I need you to come just be with me and see what happens. One, so you can be my gopher when I need a bunch of towels, but two, so that you can understand, at least be around. I don't expect you to learn how to do it. It took right. me a long time to learn how to do some of these things, but at least be around so that you can start getting experience. Yeah. Cause you know, I noticed in my own house, it was easy to isolate yourself when you're with those people all the time. You yep. want to get by yourself a little bit. Right. That's, I think it, it afforded us. Um, and when I'm thinking back on the hurricanes where we lost power, mm-hmm. it affords you moments around the table that it, it, affords is maybe not even I mean that's a good word but it's more like it forces it forces you into around the table it forces you around the table and you always end up going wow why don't we do this more mm-hmm. now we were pretty good about eating around the table mm-hmm. as, a family, as a family which and the memories the conversations that happened especially as the boys got older and their humor you know matured mm-hmm. and Oh my gosh, the conversations that we had around our dinner table are priceless. Yeah. And just the goofy things. One night we were doing this thing and I can't really do it without we were <laughs> taking we for whatever it. reason, we started taking the the cups that we were drinking out of, putting them around our mouth mm-hmm. and under our chin and trying to talk to each other oh. with in a vacuum. Yes, yes. You yes. know? We were laughing our heads off at that, it, and it just happened. I think I may have started it. I don't know. It could have been no one of the boys. Of course, it wasn't your wife. But that, you know, those. Are, yeah, no, I guarantee. <laughs> no, but we were laughing our heads off at of that. Just silly little things that happen. The stories that come out, you know, that the boys tell us. Uh, even just playing the games, things happen that mm-hmm. are just memory makers, and. Um, that again, it doesn't take intentionality. You're not fabricating anything. You're just doing the thing that you need to do right in a natural way. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that we've always said in parenting matters is if you're not authentic with your kids, if this is, if you're trying to make it into something, they're going to notice that that's not going to transfer over But mm-hmm. the authenticity that you can do as a parent. Anytime you can just be who you are, your kids know that that's who you are already. Right. That's what they're going to grab onto, and that's what they're going to remember, and that's what they're going to do yeah. when they become parents also. I think similarly to that, one of the opportunities we have in crisis is to show our kids how to be good neighbors and yeah. how to be good friends. Absolutely. Uh, because if all you do is focus on you, then you end up showing your kids that that's what you have to do. It's important to go outside and to, to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to check on everybody around here just because I care about them. They're my neighbors. And- you know, you find one, you may have an opportunity to help them, uh, or two, you can get helped from what right. they have. Right. And man, I, I remember hurricane Ike specifically, cause I'd lived in my house for probably three years. I didn't know any of my neighbors. I didn't know any of them. And as soon as that hurricane hit before we woke up that morning, somebody was knocking on our door to say, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> I'd never seen that guy it was two houses down from me. Wow. Never seen him. Yeah. He worked all the time and he, you know, we just never saw him outside. And it was awesome because then the next thing you know, that guy's bringing meat. We're, we're cooking. We're having this big cookout. I mean, because oh, wow. nobody had power, but we had gas grills. Yeah. And so, you know, he's like, man, I got to do something with it. It's sitting in my freezer. It's thawing out. So I'm gonna, we're going to cook it up. We're going to have a heck That's of a awesome. meal. 
And again, it was those are the times where your kids are like, okay, I know what I need to at least do in crisis. Yeah. But then again, it opens up the door for that next part of the, the, the deepening of the relationships, right? My neighbor, that older guy, he's a, him and his wife, they stay in the house most of the time. But after, after events like this, which we've had a couple of them now since we've lived there for weeks, he'll call me now and say, Hey, can you do this? Do you, do you think you can do this? Hey, what, what did you say about this? And that's good. And then it kind of dies down. And then, right. you know, I have to be intentional about going and knocking on the door and saying, Hey, How's it going? Seeing you guys, right. you know, wave at them, all those things. But that's what your kids need to see. Because how else are they going to get that life experience? Right. You know, they're not, you can YouTube anything or you can Google anything, but the life experience you get when it's real and it's an emergency, yeah. that's what you learn for real. Right. We, um, when we lived out in the country, people out there tended, people tend to move to the country for very specific reasons of isolating themselves, you know? And so there's not a lot of, and you live further apart. We were on two and a half acres. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have what I consider what you have as a, a neighborhood, a neighborhood yeah. where you have people right next door, yeah, right next right. door, across you, the street, you can't help it down the street. Yeah. yeah. And so now, you know, we did experience, uh, you know, help from neighbors uh, one day in particular when I, <laughs> I was cutting down a tree and I got, it's a long story, but I got my, ha my hand trapped in the tree. Oh. And um, it it broke off and sprung back and trapped my hand in, in the split. And um, I was alone outside and I'm hollering and whistling for somebody to come help me. And the neighbor came and jumped the fence and and was able to help me. But. Um, that being said, uh, it's tougher when you're in the woods. Yeah. When yeah. you're, when you're way out there, we didn't. And so a lot of situations where I'm trying to help the boys learn how to help people mm -hmm. were on the move. And I can think of specific times where one or both of them were in the car with me and we saw a need mm -hmm. someone with a flat tire. One time right. it was a lady trying to haul a huge piece of furniture into her house and we just stopped and I said, let's go help that lady. Yeah. And so that's when, that's up. when our opportunities came to, you know, to help yeah. pass that, that value along. Right. And when you have boys, that's, that's definitely like oh, Jackson and I awesome. the other day, we pulled outside of our subdivision and there was this guy trying to, he has cards stalled and people are just all over passing and passing and passing. I just put it in park and said, Hey, get out of the car. We're going to go help this guy push it. My son was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, you see that guy? We're pushing his car. You, we'll tell him to get in and we're just going to push it up and get it to the spot. Right. I have a lot of girls that live in my house. That's not as mm -hmm. feasible, especially, right. you know, I'm not sure I want to teach my girls to, Hey, stop on the side of the road and help right. somebody. But there are plenty of other ways that my wife can help her, help them right. get involved as far as calling people or, you know, baking yeah. or cooking or doing things that not necessarily girl stereotypes, but things that keep them out of danger, unnecessary yes, yes, danger. Yes. Right. Again, you raise your kids however you want. I'm just, I'm old fashioned enough to know that I don't necessarily want my daughter stopping and helping a guy change his tire. No, that just doesn't seem either. wise to me. I don't me, have so. any daughters, but I would, I concur fully. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think, you know, that's, uh, Emergency situations bring out the best or they bring out the worst in people. And our, the only thing that we can do, we have to be authentic and whoever that we are, but the only thing that we get to control is our own attitude about it. And if our attitude is right, then our kids are going to see that. 
And you may have to fake that for a little while because you may be miserable. You may be cold and, and frustrated and just worried. Those are the things you got to fake a little bit right. for your kids. But then once you'll notice, once you get into it, you go, oh man, it is a lot better to be this way. Our default, our human nature, our natural normal is to drop into the negative. But our, but when we flip the script, that's when we notice, man, that is, is a better way to be. And things go better. The time goes faster. Because I don't know about you, but Tuesday was the longest day in the world. Maybe yeah. it was Monday. It was the longest day in the world. Yeah, I think Monday. Especially when you're complaining. For me. My, my wife was working on her doctorate. <laughs> and so it was fine for her. Mm-hmm. We just had to make sure she had power to her laptop, laptop. which we did. And I had some backup, backup battery yeah, stuff of course, going on. Of course, you have all the cool stuff. <laughs> and um, so she was working on her doctorate 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I was the one going, do, 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 come here. What am I gonna, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. am I going to do? I was on my phone for a little while. And finally I was like, I can't do this. And Holly, yeah. uh, Holly was the one that said, Hey, we've got these puzzles. And I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> initially I was, you know, and it was a thousand piece puzzle, which that's a quite an undertaking. Yeah. And, but I totally got into it, nice, and loved it, and uh, and I was like, this was, it, and it was a great, and I would get tired of that, and I'd go do something else, and then I'd come back to it, you know, and it's a great kind of mindless activity, mm-hmm. putting together, you know, a thousand piece puzzle, and uh, frustrating the first day or so. But then it starts coming together and it gets faster and faster and faster and faster, you know, as you, as you get toward the end. But I think um, that's a perfect correlation to parenting. (laughs) When your kids are born, you have no idea what you're going to do. And you just try one thing. Please, can I find the corner? Please, can I find the corner? And then the frame starts to come together. Your kids get out of diapers. They start talking. (laughs) They get into school. Then it starts, okay, let's pick up one little piece here yeah. and start putting this together. It gets easier and it's easier. Yeah, no, well, well, it moves true. way faster. That's, that's, the, that's where it breaks that's down. That's probably, yeah. Because it does get a little bit more difficult as they get older well, in a different way, but it moves way yeah. faster, and you can start to see them come together as a. It gets as an adult. easier in the sense that they're able to take care of themselves. Yeah, you don't, you're not so tired at night. Yeah. You're frustrated. Last night, particularly, Randy and I had an issue with one of our kids that was... I'd rather change a, dupe, a poopy diaper, but at the same time, you know, that's all part of growing up for him. And, and so I, I don't have to change the diaper again tonight. And that's where it's different where you're just so tired. Yeah. It's a different, it's different for sure. But you love seeing that thing come together. Yeah. Just like that thousand piece puzzle where you're just, you're, and then at the end of it, when you finish, you go, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> and hopefully at the end of parenting journeys, Steve knows, you go you're never really done parenting, but you change you change into a different type of parent, mm-hmm. right? You're more of a coach friend right. at this point. Encourager. Uh, an encourager and a you know, somebody who's always there, right? You're counselor. a contact. You're definitely much more of a counselor as they yeah. get older. Much more of a counselor. Advice giver. Yeah. If they ask for it. You yeah. know. My Holly has a great things she's and it's hard to get out of this habit but we want to tell our kids you should do Mm -hmm. this yep well you should go do this instead she's changed her language to have you thought about yep instead of what do you think about this yeah 
Andy Stanley just recently did an incredible, he had a two part uh, talk with his dad and they just sat down and they just talked kind of like we're doing now, but way smarter. <laughs> and the, the point that way I took smarter. away, there was a couple things that I took away from that. The first one was, you know, his dad never told him what he should do when he would come to him with an issue or if something would happen. He'd go, what do you think you should do? Or what do you think God's telling you to do here? Mm. And he said from, from the beginning of when he can remember, that was the question that his dad would ask instead of saying, no, go over there and do this. Yeah. Because there's sometimes directives, but most of the time he thought hey, what he asked him, what do you think you need to do here? And I think that's a great question for most kids yeah. because it gives them the ability to one, they recognize that they have ownership in their, in their life. They're responsible for their life. But two, it forces them to think out of the box of just being told what to do. Yeah. But the second thing was then, of course, is a whole other thing. But it was, you know, obey God and trust him with the consequences. That's a revolutionary, yeah. whole other different topic. But right. it's pretty phen phenomenal because we, the consequences that you get from following God, how bad could they really be, right? Right. They may not be according to your plan, but they're the right thing. Yeah. It's been interesting watching my youngest son, who is... 24, going to be 25. That's crazy. Or, yeah, 25 or 26 this summer. I can't he's, remember. He's grown man. I know. <laughs> he um, he went skiing with some friends a few weeks ago, and he bought a, like a 2016 Ford F-150 truck. It was kind of his dream truck. Okay. He's in construction, so he, he needs a truck, and he needs a, you know, a good truck. And he had bought it a while back and it's just been in the shop over mm. and over oh. just constant engine codes mm -hmm. popping up and loss of power while you're driving down the road. And he's had it in the shop several times and it's just, it's been a big pain and they took that truck skiing. Mm -hmm. Well, they got to Raton, New Mexico. Oh yeah. I don't know how many hours that is. Well, What's they up? stopped over in Amarillo. So they were on their second day of travel. Five hours in, yeah. And it, it started losing power, and it was shooting, shooting off engine codes and whatnot, or actually it's check engine light. You yes, don't know of it's course. a code until... Which it technically <laughs> is a code. But. So he went to the Ford dealership in Raton, and they told him, you know, we think we can fix it, but it'll be tomorrow before we can get the parts. And one and million dollars. <laughs> so... They had a used Toyota Tacoma, twenty eighteen, and he was like, "I gotta get, I gotta get out of this truck. I don't want to, I don't want to lose this truck, mm -hmm. but it's been nothing but problems for me." Yeah. So he ended up trading it in on this Toyota Tacoma, and and uh, they drove on up. And it was four wheel drive, perfect for oh, up in the snow course, up in Breckenridge, yeah, absolutely. And which his Ford was also a four wheel drive, but um, anyway, just watching him go through that car buying process and you know watching watching them adulting adult be an adult yeah is uh is very rewarding it is and funny thing is is he got so excited about tacomas after this one i don't think he was back here for two weeks and he was looking for another one. Oh, really because he wanted more oh, okay. on the truck than this one had mm -hmm. And so we ended up trading that one in on oh, another wow. one. Wow. I was like, 
wow, that was quick that's, turnaround. That's young person, single guy. Yes. Adulting right there. Yes. I've never known that life, but uh, I think I hear it's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he needs to stay single for a long time. Yeah. Really. yeah. <laughs> it's, that paid it's off. It's really a good policy for most people. Yes. Uh, anyway. But it's, it's, it's rewarding to... To be on the other side of that. Yeah. Some parents fear what happens when they get to that to spot where you are. But the reality is if you embrace it properly, you, the rewards are so much better yeah. than what you lost. I mean, I understand it's not the same as when they're babies or there's cute and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. the reality is when you see that you've done a great job of parenting and, and you see them start succeeding in ways that you couldn't even imagine that brings you greater joy than any yeah. little, I don't know that either one baby. of us would say we did a great job of parenting, but our motto has always been that love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. And so That's we scripture. tried to love gospel. greatly in the midst of our multitude of sins in parenting or yeah. in mistakes um, yeah. or don't, whatever. And that's it, it, because it's it was all about authenticity. You stayed yeah. true to who you were and you were able to say, I mean, we really screwed that one yeah. up. I'm really sorry about that. But hey, remember grace and all those things that yeah. we were afforded? We're trying to, we're hoping you afford us those yes. same things yes. too. Yeah, absolutely. Don't think that you have to be a perfect human and perfect parent and don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Just right. admit that you messed up because your kids already know you messed up anyway. And God, God, I really believe God covers the gaps with grace. 100%. And um, yeah, they turn out okay generally. Yeah, they typically do. <laughs> we usually mess them up way more than yeah. if we, because we're trying to do something that's silly. And it's interesting watching your kids, particularly your oldest, Paige, mm -hmm. from the little girl that I've known. I don't yeah, want her growing up. I know, right? I'm excited. Of course, about you don't. I, either I, I don't. Bit. Well, I do. Again, I actually have bought into the. I'm. There's a multitude of reasons, but I, I've raised her to be responsible, and she is, and so I can't be upset when she makes responsible decisions that are outside of what I want necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I get a whole new room again. I, <laughs> I need rooms, man. I got kids staying everywhere, so one kid leaving is not the end of the world. So when she comes back home, she's going to sleep on the couch <laughs> <laughs> or with grandma or something. Cause the mo and I realized people have said, don't do this. Leave your kid's room when the way it was, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You don't have two kids sleeping in a That's game right. room right now. I need a room where they right. have a door. Okay. She'll understand. And she's perfectly, that's the best part about her. She's cool with it. She's like, I don't, I understand that this is needed. And when I come back, I'll stay wherever. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you will It'll be fine. <laughs> so anyway, it's, we're excited about that too. And she's again, good head on her shoulders. It's the other kids do too. I'm a little bit more worried about the other ones, but <laughs> I probably was the same way about Paige. Maybe not as much, but anyway, I'm excited about it all. You know, Paige doesn't affect the grocery bill as much, but when the next two come out, <laughs> that's when it starts to really get okay again. Back to four. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks, Steve, for joining us. This has been yeah. super fun. And, Love it. Uh, I look forward to doing it again with you. Maybe, you know, Hopefully not because Tanya's sick, but just because we bring in a third person and get another microphone or something. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope you guys survived well through the snowpocalypse. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us, m1bc.org, or you can shoot me an email, seth at magnoliasfirst.org, and I'll help in any way we possibly can. Uh, if you have any questions about parenting, we would also love to help you you can uh, connect with us via email or just go to our website and contact use one of the contact forms and we will get in touch with you thanks so much for joining us subscribe if you haven't already 
Thanks for listening to Parenting Matters. We will see you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody.